it's Greg Knox, and these are the worst date movies ever. I'm back after... It's been about a month since I did my last show, and I'm really, really sorry that it's been so long. Unfortunately, my life has been incredibly, incredibly stressful for the last, well, few weeks for one reason or another that I won't bore you with, because you guys don't listen to this show to hear me talk about my personal life so much. Um, But fortunately... All those issues have been resolved now, so I'm back in a more healthy state of mind, um, a lot more positive, and I'm more motivated than ever to kind of do this show for you guys, for those of you who do listen to it. And like I, I say this a lot, but it's true, I do really, really appreciate everyone who listens to my show. Um, unfortunately, I wish I had a better film to kind of talk about on this show, which um, I'm not joined by anyone on the show today, incidentally, because again, this is... Uh, one of these films where it's not really the kind of film that I'd want to talk about with another person. I wouldn't really want to subject my no anyone else to this kind of film. Um, now, this film was nominated on Twitter by Captain Blood of Kirby. Thank you very much, Mr. of Kirby, if that is indeed your real name, for nominating this. Um, as you can tell by the title, it is Gutterballs, which is kind of a rape revenge film it's a slash film uh, it's directed by and written by ryan nicholson who is a canadian director of kind of yeah this is a very low budget kind of gory horror film um i don't know anything about him other than from this film so all i can really gather uh, at least from looking at sort of the synopses of all his other films is they all seem to involve kind of people getting revenge for various kind of cruel acts um whether they're all exactly like this i don't know but i imagine they probably are um so yeah so that's pretty much all you need to know sort of an in introduction for the film um now obviously before i go on i just need to warn you about the usual stuff so there are some pretty shocking things that happen in this film so if you're easily offended and if you are easily offended i've got to say why would you even be listening to this series in the first place but hey here you go i you know i did warn you and also there will be some spoilers but i've got to be honest this is the kind of film that you can watch and really unless you're a complete idiot you're gonna work out what's going on pretty quickly it's you know but hey nonetheless if you are easily you know offended by spoilers as well as shocking content, then hey, they are there for you, you know, just in case you wondered what was going on in the film. So, the story of Gutterballs is pretty simple. So, there's a bowling alley, there is a group of guys who are really, really incredibly obnoxious, and there are a group of girls, and they are kind of, you know, having a bowling match, as you do. A second group of guys turn up, and basically there's a big fight and the leader of the main group of guys called Steve gets his foot smashed with a bowling ball and he threatens revenge against the girls because one of them basically apparently didn't sleep with him or something like that and then the plot kind of goes from there there's a rape and then basically this character called BBK who's a masked character then basically starts killing everyone in kind of various gruesome ways that's pretty much the whole film, really. There isn't really a lot more to say other than that. Pretty straightforward plot. Now, what do I think of the film itself? So, the first thing I want to kind of go into is that... I don't know if this is part of the marketing for the film or if it's just a, a 
you know, advertisement on the DVD cover or something like that. But I just wanted to read something quickly. So this says, you asked for it, you got it. Gutter balls, reminiscent of the sleazy, over-the-top greenhouse cult classics of the 80s, is the perfect nostalgic blend of extreme sex, bloody gore, and gratuitous nudity. So I guess from that, it's kind of what I mean to me, having seen the film a couple of times, basically, I think what it's going for is sort of the trauma aesthetic. Now, given that I no longer do a podcast with someone who is very close to sort of Lloyd Kaufman and knows a lot of people in trauma, I can be a bit more honest with this now. I'm not a fan of trauma. A lot of the films just seem to be kind of bad or campy just for the sake of it like there isn't really a reason for it it's just well i don't have any talent so therefore i'm going to make my film kind of as deliberately bad as possible or just you know i'm not really even going to try and in some no hey in some cases that does actually work quite well but in this case, a case like this it like this film is just really bad it's just not a very very good film at all but what i take issue with is like gore fair enough it's very gory um but it's more the extreme sex and gratuitous nudity i don't remember a lot of greenhouse or films from the 80s having a lot of stream extreme sex in them and i think the way that the film uses sex and look don't get me wrong i'm not a prude or i'm not easily offended i mean fuck i mean i'm doing this series so clearly i'm not but i have a big problem with that I have a problem with a lot of stuff in this film, actually. Um, But yeah, just the whole kind of saying that it's harking back to a bygone era, which is it, really? Because I say, I just, I don't remember a lot of films from the 80s having a lot of extreme sex in them. The 70s, maybe, but even then, not to this extent. And I'll I'll go into that why when when I kind of talk about the rape scene in a bit more detail in a minute. Um, Many, many issues with this film. So first of all, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, this film is clearly not made for a very high budget. The acting is obviously not going to be very good. So complaining about sort of the performances or the acting or anything like that is a bit pointless in a film like this. I mean, yeah, it's bad. I mean, I've seen worse, in fairness, but yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, What kind of really stands out to me, though is just that you can't really hear the dialogue very well. I think what they literally must have done is they literally just must have just recorded the the dialogue sort of on set. Uh, There doesn't appear to have been any ADR done whatsoever. If there is, it's just really bad. A lot of the dialogue sounds like it must have been recorded underwater. Like, it's got that kind of underwater quality to it. And it just, it sounds really unprofessional, even for, like, a low-budget film. Like, I've watched films that cost probably less than this, that have much, much better-sounding kind of, you know, dialogue or ADR than this. It's just fucking horrendous. Uh, The film looks terrible. I mean... I don't know if it was shot on digital, it doesn't look like it was, but it just it just looks really cheap and crap. Like it I don't I don't know how to explain it. This film just has like I don't know if it has no colour grading, but it just it just looks really horrible. <laughs> like there's no style to it whatsoever. To the point where it just looks murky. It just I don't know, it's hard for me to kind of explain. It just it looks like ridiculously cheap to the point where sometimes it's hard to even tell what's going on like when it's dark so yeah it just looked terrible 
Um, I guess one of the only good things about the film is the music. I guess it's pretty cool. It's got there's a lot of eighties hard rock on the soundtrack, at least on the version that I saw. But it's played so much. It's played to like a ridiculous extent. Like I don't know, like literally over like ninety percent of the film, you've got this kind of eighties hard rock going on, which kind of makes you think: Is this meant to be set in the eighties? Because I mean, there are no mobile phones or anything like that, so in theory it could be, but. I just it just completely diluted any impact into what was going on because you've got well as I say I'll, I'll go into this in a minute but you've got like a woman being raped quite savagely raped and you've got all this violence going on in the film you've got these characters who are all horrible and detestable well most of them are anyway and yeah you've got all this kind of nice sort of cheesy kind of like I don't know, cock rock going on in the background, and it's just, yeah, just so weird. It's completely dilutes any impact that, like, any of the action has at all. So, yeah, just that part of it just was just, yeah, was not good at all. But although, you know, hey, the music, if you took it in isolation, it's pretty cool, I guess. Um, I guess... I mean, hey, it's a film about bowling. There is bowling in it. So I, I guess in that regard, that's kind of like, a, I guess, you know, try and reach for like positives in a film like this. Um, there's a lot of swearing in this. The one thing that people know about this, and I knew this about the film anyway before I saw it, is that this film has, I think it's in the top 10 most swear words in a film like, it's up there with, like, Wolf of Wall Street or something like that. There is a ridiculous amount of swearing in this film. Even Rob Zombie would probably say, yeah, guys, you might not want to swear so much. There's only so many times you can say fuck or the C word. And it just kind of eventually loses all meaning. It's, like, it's just absurd. Like, literally every sentence has a swear word in it. To the point where, like I say, it just becomes comical. And... Yeah, the, all the guys in the film, at least the lead group of of guys. I know, I realise, again, this is a trauma thing, and that trauma films, like, you know, a lot of the characters are meant to be ridiculously over the top. I think if, if you were going to defend the film, you go, oh, well, you're not meant to take it seriously. You know, all the characters, you know, I suppose if you can't act, you can either overact or underact. And I suppose it's probably better to overact, because at least, hey, you know, you've got something there, right? So, I don't know. But, yeah, just so much bad language to... As I say, it just, it just became, like, very annoying after a while. And I say this as someone who's a fan of bad language. I mean, fuck, you guys have listened to the show, so, yeah, you know. Um, Yeah, where to go from there? Um, Also, this film was made in 2009. So, I don't know, 2007 to 2009, there are a lot of very, very, very murky kind of horrible films that came out in that time. This is when torture porn was a thing. So, you've got a lot of dialogue that, realistically, you would never be able to get away with now, whereas we live in what's meant to be more enlightened times. Um, As I said, there is a character who is a transsexual, who is incidentally really the only kind of somewhat likable character in the whole film i mean all the women most of the women are are not unlikable at least their characters aren't meant to be unlikable if that makes sense um but that character 
at least kind of stood out to me as like, okay, it sort of has traits and, you know, they get on well with, with the other women and the women accept them for who they are, which is really good and kind of really admirable, I guess, in a film like this. But the guys in particular, they do come out with a lot of very, very horrible kind of slurs against them. And I guess that would probably put a lot of people off. And it's just not very nice. I get the idea is they're meant to be horrible characters and they're going so, so ridiculously over the top with the kind of language they're using. But still, it was just, yeah, it's just not very nice. Um, Yeah. And the film, I've got to be honest, is really boring. It's got a very basic plot is that there's an incident and there's another incident and then all these characters, and I always love in films like this, by the way, it's so funny. In films like this, you've got characters, who are, I think, meant to be teenagers, but they're all blatantly played by people in their like early 30s. So there's this huge disconnect there where, yeah, very, very bizarre. Like, you've got yeah, every character, I think, yeah, I think they are meant to be teenagers in this bowling alley where no one goes apart from them and there's this really skeezy kind of owner or janitor or whoever it's meant to be of this bowling alley and then yet nothing happens they go bowling all these these characters start dying and no one else in the film seems to notice that all these characters have died by the way it's absolutely hilarious just and such a sort of boring plot like literally everything apart from the deaths is like just so unbelievably boring and perfunctory yeah it's not really a lot we can really talk about in this film to be honest in terms of incident apart from i mean okay so i mean this series is the worst date movies ever isn't it so there's a rape scene in this i've talked about it already i've already mentioned it um it's not really much of a spoiler because it does kind of like lead to the rest of the plot going so i'm going to compare this film to i spit in your grave because clearly the director of this film has seen that film because the rape scene in this film kind of mirrors what happens in I Spit in Your Grave. I might be the only person in the world who noticed this, but hey, never mind. So the main character, Steve, so he has been stood up or whatever by this woman, Lisa. So him and his four mates decide, oh, let's rape Lisa, as you do. And he then sort of rapes her. And then it moves on to one of his mates who then rapes her anally, which is lovely. And then what happens after that is the third guy rapes her. And I don't know, there was kind of, he was sort of saying that he couldn't get it up or something like that, or he couldn't come, which again sort of echoes what happens in the rape scenes in I Spit in Your Grave. And then you've got the fourth guy who won't rape her at all. And then this is, the very very this is going to sound horrible and i really really apologize for this in advance but you know hey you kind of know what you're getting into in a film like this um he basically rapes her with a bowling pin as you do and it's very kind of yeah it's it's not very nice at all um, and yeah this the plot of this film makes literally literally no sense i mean Shall I even go into kind of basically this when you can see what kind of happens like in the last sort of five or ten minutes of the film kind of he's got various twists at the end and yeah it just makes literally literally no sense whatsoever. Um, what's wrong with the rape scene? Well, so again we're talking about I spit in your grave. So if I look at I spit in your grave, so the rape scenes in that you don't see 
any that much of Camille Keaton's body. It's all face shots for the most part. The camera doesn't really leer on what's going on. It's her and the guys who are raping. It's all sort of their faces and things like that. In this film, the idea I can only assume is titillation because even though this woman is being raped, you see a lot of her naked body. There are shots of her breasts. There are shots of her naked midsection. Um, even there's another version of basically the version of the film that I saw. I mean, there are bits of it that are kind of pornographic, but there are no insert shots. If you don't know what that is, you can kind of use your imagination. Apparently, though, there is a version of this film that does include insert shots. And I can only assume that those insert shots would have appeared in this scene, which makes it very, very questionable. Like, what is the purpose of having this scene in the film? Because I spit in your grave. Whatever you might want to say about it. At least Miyazaki, when he made it, the idea was that rape is a really horrendously bad thing. It's one of the worst things that can happen to someone because you are violated, literally and you know metaphorically. Like you have, um, you are broken. You have your, I don't know, your innocence, for lack of a better word, taken away. Whereas in this, it's played off as something that happened. And whilst it was bad, the Lisa, you know, she still appears in the film what is meant to be the next day. She is shaken up by it, but she's still, you know, able to go out and things like that. And yeah, the whole thing is just kind of played up for, I guess, you know, to sexual kicks, which is just very, very wrong. Very, very wrong, in my opinion. And I say this as someone who's not like, oh, I'm not a male feminist. I'm not Max Landis, everybody. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I don't know, Just it's just very sleazy and very skeezy. And what doesn't help is, again, I speak in a grave, during the rape scenes, there's no score. It's all silent, and all you can hear are the, the you know, cries of anguish from Camille Keaton and the sounds that the guys are making and things like that. Whereas in this, you've got this, again, hard rock score going on all throughout this rape scene, which completely takes away any emotional impact that happens. So it's just, oh, well, it's just this woman being gang raped. And then, yeah, she got a bowling pin shoved up her vagina. And yeah, that was it, guys. And look at her tits. So... Yeah, I mean, it's just not very nice. It's just not a very nice thing that happened. So, yeah, I can. I mean, this movie. I mean, look, it didn't upset me. It's not very upsetting at all, really. It's just, it's a, it's a bad film. It's got some questionable content in it, and it had no effect on me. But other people might take great, great offence to this, and I can kind of understand why. In fairness, um, so I mean, that's the only kind of. When it comes to rape or anything like that, that's the only thing that sort of happens in the film that sort of is pretty upsetting. Apart from obviously the transphobic and homophobic stuff, there's a lot of homophobic slurs and there's transphobic slurs in there and stuff. And you know, nowadays that kind of stuff does offend people, and I understand why. Um, whereas back then it was probably seen as more of a like, oh, well, these characters are hateful, and the, it's the boring argument. I've had this argument 
about 800,000 times, and I'll probably have it again if I eventually talk about Hostel, for example, but it's really clear in this film. there are There's one likeable character in the whole film, possibly two or three if you're being extra generous, and the rest of the characters are just either vapid or they're just total, total arseholes. And you have to spend, like, I don't know, at least an hour with some of these characters, and it's just like... Am I meant to want to spend time with these characters? They're just fucking terrible. Like, I'm just watching a parade of just horrible characters. And the idea is, oh, you're meant to want them to die. But that's not... I Again, I have a huge, huge problem with this. Because at the end of the day, you still have to get to the point where they die in order to enjoy spending time with them. So it's just very boring. Who am I rooting for in this? Am I meant to be rooting for the guy who's killing them off? By the way, I don't know who designed like <laughs> the mask that this guy's wearing is just ridiculous. First of all, because the quality of the the film is so bad, like you can't even really see what he's meant to look like. I didn't even think the mask had eye holes in it until near the end of the film, where I actually noticed, oh yeah, he does actually have eye holes. Okay. Whereas, uh, I, I don't even know what it's meant to look like. It just looked stupid. It looked absolutely ridiculous, just the, the mask that BBK sort of had on. Um, so yeah, so that was fucking stupid. Um, in terms of the death scenes, I guess some of them are kind of creative. Um, the first death scene is 69 death, which is kind of funny. So um, a lot of the women in this film are basically really easy they're kind of very very easy to convince to you know get their tits out and to just have sex just in a sleazy bowling alley kind of as you do um so a guy literally talks to a woman literally just met met her and then yeah they're just you know in this public toilet just you know getting on they're just 69 in just on the floor um the woman's kind of giving the guy a blowjob. It looked like a prosthetic penis. I don't think it was the guy's actual penis. I'd be very surprised because normally in a non-porn film you don't really get stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm just, what I'm going to assume it is. And how they die is basically, yeah, they basically both get shoved into the other person's private parts and they suffocate to death, which is creative, I've got to be honest, that's kind of a right, fair enough. If you're going to have a murder in it, at least kind of be slightly creative. And I guess that's one way that they were quite creative in this film. So I give them points for that one. Um, other scenes that happen, sort of death scenes, I mean, is uh, the transsexual Sammy basically gets basically choked to death with a bowling pin because it literally gets forced down her throat. Um, and then there's some very kind of clearly done for shock effect kind of stuff where she's a pre-op transsexual and she gets her penis split in two with a knife, uh, which then gets turned into a, a sort of, well, a do-it-yourself mangina, I guess. I'm not really sure kind of how I'm meant to describe that without offending someone. But yeah, that's basically what happens, basically. So that was really stupid. Um, the only other good thing in this film, incidentally, um, there is a ball waxing machine, which is somehow sentient and can talk to people. It was kind of funny. It, that's the kind of thing, I suppose, if you are going to make a film like this that did actually somewhat amuse me. 
because it was kind of stupid, but in a good way. Um, so a guy, one of the really, really horrible guys basically gets his head kind of, you know, covered in like sort of bowling wax and it gets completely sort of sandblasted off by, by this kind of ball waxing machine. So that part was quite entertaining. I quite enjoyed that. Uh, and yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know if you've seen the film, it will make sense, but yeah, that part was quite funny. Um, the main character, uh, so Steve, who I don't really get this. So the guy is literally angry for the whole film. It's like some he was on PCP or he was absolutely coked out of his mind for the whole film because no one can be that angry and that irritable literally 24-7 without having a massive heart attack. Like, I don't know. It just it was just so ridiculous, so ridiculous. So anyway because he's the guy who committed the rape or at least instigated it anyway um he gets something stuck up his ass over and over and over and over again i guess because this is a revenge film after all and then he gets head bashed into death with a bowling pin which uh as you do lots of people getting killed with bowling pins in this film as you can tell well hey it's got a bowling gimmick so you may as well stick to that i suppose um it's the one thing going in the film i guess is that um there are other deaths um there's a guy who gets his eyes stabbed in again probably with a bit of bowling pin there's basically nothing really happens by the death like an arrow in the middle of the film like i said it's just these people bowling and characters get killed and go missing and no one notices which is absolutely hilarious um the woman gets her head crushed um, there was a woman who, I think what they tried to do is they tried to play off kind of uh, the scene in Halloween where the couple, they have sex and the guy kind of goes off and comes back and he's covered in a sheet. But in this case, he's got the mask on, but she's not suspicious by that. And then he gets killed and then, yeah, she gets killed by being choked to death from behind with shoelaces. Um yeah, there isn't really a lot to talk about in this film. I guess, I mean, the deaths themselves, I suppose they are entertaining. If you're a gore hound, you might kind of appreciate the deaths because they're low budget. They're obviously not CGI. They're obviously done with practical effects. And I suppose they're okay for what they are. I mean, I've seen better. Uh, I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's true. Like, for example, I mean, all right, so I'm talking about this film. It's clearly, it's meant to be like a slasher film kind of homage. And yeah, it's got the rape revenge aspect to it as well. But really, it's meant to be a slasher film. Now, I saw a film last year called Terrifier, which is the same, is going for the same kind of thing as this in that it, it's, you know, so it's got the 80s aesthetic, it's got the ridiculous deaths, it's got the practical effects, it's got low budget, stuff like that. But the difference is that film, you at least had a semblance of a plot and characters and the characters you were following were actually likeable. And obviously that has Art the Clown and Art the Clown is awesome. And that had one really, really ridiculously gory death, which was awesome because it came in one go and you could actually see what was going on in this. Yeah, I mean, they've got some interesting deaths in there. But first of all, the film's rubbish. So you're kind of going to be sat around bored a lot of the time waiting for stuff to happen. But two, like, I don't know, just the way the film's structured, like, you get one death and then about five minutes later you got another death and then five minutes later you get another death and then they kind of, like, 
we're like, oh fuck, we're like nearly at the end of this film. We got to hurry up, and about seven or eight people die in the space of about twenty minutes at the end of the film, to the point where it's like, oh, okay, now everyone's dying now. So yeah, that didn't really work. See Terrifier, by the way. Incidentally, it's a recommendation from me. If you, for whatever reason, are interested in this film, watch Terrifier instead. It's much better. And then at the end, spoilers, everyone, because I may as well. I don't know. I'll kind of spoil it, I suppose. I don't know how much detail I want to go into, but what they try to do is they try to do about three different twists at the end. So you find out that one character and another character are basically related. That you okay, you can maybe kind of not see that one coming. Then it's like one character is helping out with the murders and you're thinking, why are they helping out? It doesn't make any sense. And there's another character who's also helping out with the murders. So it's like sore levels of like, you know, kind of like, what, hang on, how is this possible? Blah, 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 blah. Where it turns out that one character who's involved in the rape has been sort of killing all the people who are also involved in the rape and everyone else because they suddenly are like, oh, I'm really sorry that I shoved a bowling pin inside you. Like, so, like again, this makes literally no sense. Like, just the levels of, like, mental acrobatics that you have to do for this to make any sense whatsoever, it, it's just completely impossible. That's just fucking stupid. Like... And the twist, I mean, look, I love myself a twist. I love thrillers. I love jally. I love bad 90s erotic thrillers, you know, with Sharon Stone in and stuff like that. Look, I can appreciate a good twist that you didn't see coming. I saw Colour of Night recently. That had a great twist that I should have seen coming, but I didn't. It, It actually genuinely took me by surprise. This, I'm like... Well, all right. <laughs> I don't really care. I don't give a fuck. Who's this guy? And oh, the uh, yeah, you just don't care. So that's kind of how I felt about most of it. Um, so yeah, so I got to be honest, guys. This probably hasn't been the best review I've ever done, but really, it's not a very good film. So to sum up, if you're a gore hound and you're, I will be no, I, I'll be generous and say not that discerning about the quality of the films that you're watching i i just want the good bits then you might get something out of this although i don't think the effects are that good some of the effects are really bad incidentally some of them are better than others let's put it that way um then you might get something out of this otherwise i'd avoid it it's got very very dubious sexual politics and it's very boring as well if you're going to watch a slasher film, you may as well just watch any number of about 100 slasher films that have come out before this. Or watch Terrifier instead, which is going, again, does the same kind of retro 80s sort of slasher vibe with a violent twist and actually does it quite well. Um, in terms of whether or not this is a worst date movie or not, well, <laughs> I mean, it's got a rape in it. It's definitely a bad date movie. I would definitely advise against watching this on a date unless you're both into this kind of thing. But even then, if all right, I mean, if you were dating someone or you were on a date with someone who's into trauma, then therefore this would probably not be kind of the kind of film even for them. Just because, yeah, it's going for the grindhouse vibe and it's just, just yeah, it's meant to be like an exploitation type film. So you've got gang rape, you've got lots and lots and lots of 
well, a ridiculous number of kind of curse words, particularly the C word. You've got homophobic slurs. You've got transphobic slurs. You've got uh, a lot of very, very gory deaths. You've got nudity. You've got a lot of stuff that is really not appropriate for on dates and stuff like that. And like I said, the film shit as well. Um, so if I was going to rate this out of five on the bad date movie scale, I would probably give it a four. I mean, it, there are worse films you can watch on a date, but this is pretty bad. Um, so yeah, possibly not the best choice for a date movie. I'd probably stick to something a bit more pleasant, like Requiem for a Dream or something like that. I'm only being partially serious with that, incidentally. Um, however, if you enjoyed the film more than I did, um, you may have seen this already, but in case you don't, this film actually has a sequel. It's called Gutter Balls 2, Balls Deep. You can see what they've done there. It's very clever. Um, not seen it, not really interested in watching it. So, yeah, you might be interested in seeing it, but i got to be honest, I wasn't, so I won't be searching for that out. Um, I will not be seeking that out at all. Now, if for whatever reason you want to buy this on DVD, it's very hard to find officially, so you're going to have to basically track it down on eBay or somewhere like that. And it is available in various different forms that I kind of wanted to briefly talk about here. So if you go on somewhere like dvdcompare.com, it talks about there being a Region Zero version, which was released by TLA Danger After Dark, which apparently does not exist really anymore, or is at least very, very, very rare. And that version may... Again, I don't know, because the version I saw had the rock music playing for most of it anyway. Um, this one may have had those songs taken out for whatever reason, maybe because of rights issues. Um, there's another version, which, again, with the version that I saw, which has the rock music in it, hasn't been cut or anything like that, and has lots of extras. Um, there's a version that got released in Germany that is quite heavily censored, which does seem to happen to a lot of films that are released in Germany. And as I mentioned earlier, there was a very, very limited version which had hardcore pornographic inserts in it, particularly in the rape scene, which was limited to, of course, 69 copies. It's called the Penetration Edition. Lovely. They do love their bad bowling puns, don't they? Um, so, yeah. So, it, again, that one might be very, very, very difficult to find. But, hey, if you can, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it, somehow, if you want to own the film, basically any one of those versions is kind of how you're going to do that. Um, so, I want to thank you very much. I also want to once again thank Captain Blood of Kirby for nominating this film. If you want to do that and uh, nominate a film, hopefully one better than this, uh, please, um, that I can talk about or I can bring someone on the show to talk about, um, then yeah, you can do so on my Twitter, at WorstDateMovies. Um, on the next show, I will have a guest. I'm not entirely sure what film we're going to talk about yet um but yeah it will be good as always and um yeah thank you very much for listening and i'll see you on the next show thank you for listening you can follow me on twitter and suggest movies for me to review at worst date movies and don't forget to click subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now to never miss any future episodes of worst date movies ever